Welcome to the Unveiling Grace podcast, a place to experience a grace that heals. Allow this grace to take your life and your relationships to another level as it frees you from the weight of performance-based religion. Enjoy another episode as Joel Groh and Lynn Wilder share encouraging stories and candid dialogue that can help you experience a grace that heals. Welcome to another episode of the Unveiling Grace podcast. I'm Lynn Wilder. And I'm Joel Grote, and we're your hosts, and we have guests with us today. Last time we had Matt Wilder, Lynn's son. This time we have Matt and his wife, Nicole, because when we ended the last episode, Matt had gotten to a place where he realized that he needed grace. He'd come under conviction of sin. He's reading the Bible. Um, Verses in Hebrews are dropping into place and just raising his awareness. And what Lynn chimes in with toward the end is, and oh, by the way, he's at BYU studying and he has this really pretty LDS wife. I mean, girl, girlfriend, not even a wife yet. It's like, okay, so how is this going to (laughs) impact life and relationships? Because that's always the big thing. So that's where we're going to jump back in now. Um, So Matt, Nicole, welcome to the podcast. So glad you guys can be with us. So I guess what I want to know, Matt, is as you're realizing you're making a transition away from Mormonism and its teachings, what what are you thinking about Nicole and your relationship with her? How serious were you at that point? You said you were a junior at BYU, right? When a lot of this is happening? Yeah. Yeah, So if I recall, um, this kind of really came to a head. My younger brother got sent home off his Mormon mission, which if I remember correctly, was it in January of 2006? Okay. Um, or somewhere around there. Yes, we started, January. We started dating the fall mm-hmm. before that in November 2005. So we had just started dating maybe eight weeks. Um, and so... Um, and did you meet at BYU? We met at BYU, yeah. Okay. And so this whole, th- we kind of went through this whole journey together, like this tumultuous time of like God just um, shaking up our lives. And it started really with Micah coming home off his Mormon mission trip and almost like confirming that it was like everything came to a head. And, and then when he came and shared, it just kind of burst, burst the bubble for me. And um, I remember um, really just coming to a point where I confessed to my girlfriend. I'm like, I got to be honest. I don't, I don't know that I, if I believe that the Mormon church is everything that's cracked up to be. I don't know if the, this, this Gordon B. Hinckley guy is really a, a true prophet of God. And I, I just, I just told her that thinking this might be it. This might be the end of a relationship. I really cared for her. And I, I was hoping that um, things would work out But at the same time. Um, I, I had to be honest with her and I expected totally that she was just going to break up with me. So um, Nicole, <laughs> so what, where does this leave you? When, when he comes, had you seen it? Had you suspected anything? I mean, were you picking up on the fact that he maybe was having some questioning, some misgivings, not realizing maybe wasn't measuring up? Oh, you- definitely. I mean, it was like two weeks into our relationship that I started picking up on that things were a little bit different. And so it started making me curious. And so I kind of independently started having my own journey and seeking and reading the Bible and kind of trying to figure out, like, putting some pieces together that um, weren't really, like, necessarily outspoken, but... I'm a very, um, I guess, curious person would be. Okay, sure. (laughs) And so um, I, when I thought, oh, something different might be going on, like I needed to know. And so I went very deep into like searching what the Bible said from, you know, a perspective of just 
what does the Bible actually say, not through the lens of Mormonism, and then comparing that to Mormonism, and just kind of trying to figure out how things actually lined up. So I did make a lot of scripture chains, and just trying to figure out, okay, like, what does it actually say about, you know, baptism, or excommunication, or polygamy, or, you know, all these different things. Okay. So I started scripture chaining. To so like can you give me an example how that works? Because I think there may be a lot of listeners who like scripture chaining. How do you like make scripture chains? So I, but I think go ahead and explain because it's a very interesting way to work through scripture. So just like give us an example of how that works. So maybe calling it like a topical study would make more sense. So it's kind of taking one scripture that has to do with baptism and then okay. finding another one and finding another one, finding another one, because just taking one piece from the Bible you can kind of take it out of context perhaps. And so it's giving context right. to the concept that you're looking at. So it, I, I think I referenced that more like a topical study. So creating sure. a topical study, but saying, okay, this part in the Bible says this, and then writing in there like the next scripture. So that was, and then writing the next scripture. Oh, so that's the okay. part is mm. like creating like a flow through different books, but on the same topic. Right. So then you're getting what everybody's saying about, a particular subject yes exactly but everybody That's, in the bible right <laughs> yes yeah all the different all yeah. the different biblical authors and what they're yeah. saying so yeah. what did as you did that what did did you find a cohesiveness did you find um internal coherency as you as you traced a subject um because i know a common mormon understanding is well the bible's full of contradictions um there's a lot of stuff that's been mistranslated there's missing pieces so it's really hard to make the bible make sense a lot of LDS people that I've worked with in the 30 years that I've been doing this, that's kind of their conception of the Bible. So what did you find when you started actually forcing the Bible to <laughs> look at itself? Um, I think the concept of the scripture chain actually made the Bible make sense because if you just pick little Easter eggs, then you might see that they look like they contradict each other. But when you take them in context and you take them with an overarching, like, you know, understanding of what the Bible is saying, then you can kind of get the full idea of what's going on rather than just picking this little verse here and this little verse here and thinking, oh, well, those don't match up. You know, it's taking the time to understand the context with which they're written. So, so um, it does take a little work, but no, I didn't find overall that the Bible ended up contradicting itself. It was, you know, just- It's that it hung together and together. cohered. Yeah. 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 So you're not surprised then. Oh, yeah. Good question. So because why, as a Mormon, you would typically go to the Book of Mormon, right? The most absolutely. correct book on the face of the earth. So why the Bible, Nicole? Um, for me personally, that was just a, a grace from God. Um, I, without hesitation, believed the Bible from the beginning, which is not like mm. you said, typical of what the culture of Mormonism would um, portray. Because, again, the Book of Mormon would be the most accurate source in the most truth. So that was really just, I mean, I don't have an explanation for that other than the grace of God to um, just allow me to wholeheartedly believe it. Pretty much when I decided to investigate, I took it as an authoritative source. So. Okay. So then you're not surprised when Matt comes to you and says, hey, I'm having some serious questions. You've already picked up on that. You're intuitive. You're reading him. So then what do you say when he says that? Uh, I don't really remember. I mean, we kind of ebb and flowed where I was, you know, ready to jump out of Mormonism before he was, and then he was ready to jump out of it before I was. <laughs> we kind of had our own individual journeys and flows where, 
you okay. know, one might be pulling the other one along and then the other one's pulling the other one along. So um, I don't really remember that as a significant conversation where I ever considered anything other than like, oh yeah, like I'm on the same page as you. So. Um, and so Matt, when she says that, be. because yeah. So how much were you, I mean, but you said you thought, hey, this could be it. I could tell her this and she might say. Yeah. From my recollection, and I could be wrong. <laughs> the, first, the first time I confronted her, she was very upset visibly um, for about 24 hours where um, it was, I, I could tell it was a shock to her system. And I thought the end of the relationship was going to be over. But then she came around and she um, got extra curious and started just researching more. And um yeah, so it came to a point where basically you you have this understanding of what the Bible teaches and God is beginning to change us. Faith comes through hearing and hearing through the words of Christ. And yeah. when, when you're in that type of situation, there's, there's a cost for becoming a Christian, for following Jesus. And for us, that cost was walking away from everything we loved and knew. For her, it was her family. For me, it's my family, but especially for her... Um, that the relationship she had with her mother was very unique and special. And, and uh, when she um, told them about the change Jesus had made in her life, it was a hard thing to go through. Yeah. Wow. So you, did you come from a multi-generational LDS family then? Were you raised in Utah? Uh, no, I grew up in Seattle, Washington, but okay. I, yeah, I did come from um, a Mormon family that, okay. you know, yes. Yeah, very faithful. So, so are they back in Seattle while you're at school? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, and so they, then, yeah. so then they're hearing about this long distance. Yes, um, it was. So I, um, I never spoke to my parents about any questions that I was wondering about the Mormon Church or anything. It pretty much I had gone from you know faithful Mormon to decidedly Christian, and there was no conversation in between. And so we called them wow. on the phone and basically, you know, had a letter written out because I wanted to make sure I kind of hit all the points I wanted to hit and yep. told them that. And I think it was just complete shock. Um, wow. But I think for myself, um, I didn't want to share with them and then be influenced by, you know, their opinions and, and right. different things that I knew that they would have. And so I think that's kind of why, I mean, really, I was just scared to say anything, to be honest. So um, it was just one of those, like, I had to reach a certain point in my faith in Christianity to be brave enough to uh, approach yes. my parents. Well, and so, just in our last guest that we interviewed, that's exactly what happened. He kind of came to faith, um, started expressing some of his doubts to his family, moved back with his family, and then they immediately pressured him to cut off relationship with his Christian girlfriend, and kind of sequester himself and so yeah so what a what a god grace thing that you had whatever the the sense to just do that to get rooted and grounded to say no i'm going to be influenced by the scripture and then once i've made my choice then i i will let them know um, yeah i said i feel bad for them having you know thrown that uh shock in, at them but yes i think it was all part of a greater plan to keep me on the path that I need to be on, but yeah. I know in ministry, that's something we've encountered a lot with people who are transitioning out of Mormonism. They come to this basic faith or understanding in Jesus and, and, you know, God has to work in our lives and he, he brings about that faith to a point that, you know, and God gets all the glory, but you'll see a lot of people who are, you know, 
almost like they're underground Christians, but not really. Then they get to a point where they finally have to cut that tie. And, yes. uh, and we went through that ourselves. And, and when, when reaching out to our LDS uh, friends, that's one thing that I always have to remind myself is to be patient. Remember how patient God was with me. Remember yes. the, hip, the hypocrisy I had when I was, when I was kind of double-minded for a time in the sense that I was coming to faith, but I didn't have the courage. And I don't think that I would have ever on my own strength been able to do that until I finally called upon the Lord and I said, God, save me, uh, change me. And then the Holy Spirit enters in and then we become that new creation, which empowers us then to be able to not be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ and actually follow Jesus. Um, so, so one of the verses that is one of my anthem verses in my testimony is John 12, 42 to 43. And this is the Apostle John, when he's writing about the Jewish authorities. He says, many of the Jews, even of the authorities, they believe in Jesus, but for fear of the Pharisees, they did not confess it so that they would not be put out of the synagogue. For they love yeah. the glory that comes from men more than the glory that comes from God. And I remember uh, at some point receiving that message through the Holy Spirit or through God in some form or fashion and being really convicted by that. And um, being able to identify now in my testimony when I'm ministering to others, when they're going through that maybe portion of their there's yes. the process where they're confronted with that. Okay. Um, you can't be an underground Christian. If this is something that you truly believe and you profess, uh, you need to be willing to follow Jesus at whatever the cost, not in order to be saved, but because he has saved you, that will, that will be the, the eventual result of that. And so that's, that was something that was very hard to go through um, for quite a few months where I almost felt like I was living a double life. I wasn't completely forward outwardly. I believed inwardly in this yeah. new gospel of grace, but I just didn't have the courage to um, confront others or to, to share this news because I knew it would come at a big cost. But yeah. one of those so, topics, no, go ahead. Yeah, so let me go back to that time because I was doing the same thing. I was double-minded. I'd given my life to Jesus, but I'm at BYU wearing a cross under my clothes, not letting anyone know outwardly right and when matt got to the start of his senior year studying because you were both byu students then when yeah. this is happening they were both students at byu right i knew the same change had happened in him that had happened in micah when he came home and said mom i'm not i'm not going back to my senior year Wow. Really hard for us, but I knew, I, you know, it, Micah made this stand that looked like he was standing against the whole Mormon church. I realized something <laughs> profound had happened to that kid in order for him to do that. And now Matt was making those kind of really tough decisions. And here's why. The BYU Honor Code says if you disaffiliate with the Mormon church, you can't enroll in classes and you can't graduate from Brigham Young. And so wow. okay. rather than being underground, I assume Matt made the decision that he was going to be public. And so he knew he couldn't stay at BYU. And so now, all that he'd worked for all those years, right, of practicing the piano eight hours a day, God was going to turn another direction. But shock to my system, because I was doing the same thing, right? Living that double, double right. life. Because you're a professor. Yeah. How and many years I had you couldn't been there that come point? forth or I'd have lost my job overnight. And right. I had the issue that my husband wasn't quite there yet either. And so right. he was just not wanting me to be public at that point. Right. So, and and yeah. I think what we need to say for everybody listening in is 
everybody has to follow their own path. We have talked to dozens, well, we've done well over 100 podcast episodes now, many of those with guests. Nobody does it the same. And so what we want to encourage people to do is wherever you're at in your faith journey, faith walk, your transition is grab a hold of the hem of Jesus's robe, hang on for dear life, let him lead you, and don't try to imitate anybody else. Be attentive to the spirit, be in the word, but if Jesus calls you to make a move in a certain direction, do it. Trust him and move, but don't feel like there's a certain path because every, I think the Holy Spirit guides everybody along their own paths. And the crazy thing about grace is even if you don't do it, and none of us do it perfectly. I mean, even raised as a missionary kid, evangelical missionary kid, you know, in faith all my life, I can still look at times in my life where I was not following closely, where I was not committed. And you know what? Grace covers that. That's the amazing thing about a God who loves us. Even when we're not pulling it off perfectly, he is every bit as much for us. We like to see on the podcast under grace, when you're in intimacy through faith with Jesus Christ, when your relationship with God the Father is because of Jesus and what he's done, then on your worst day, God can't love you any less. And on your best day, he can't love you anymore. Because at the end of the day, it's not about what you're doing. It's about what Jesus has already done for you. And that's what gives us the ability to keep moving forward. That's a great point, Joel. And uh, just to kind of jump on that, Doing ministry, uh, just earlier today, I had someone reach out to me who had heard my testimony online, and um, they had said, wow, you know, I, I, I'm a Christian or whatever, I've left uh, sorcery, I've left this dark past, but I'm still dealing with this guilty conscience, I don't have an assurance of my salvation. Wow. And so okay. it was an incredible opportunity to go back and, and just really clearly explain the gospel, and he kind of had this mindset that, okay, he had turned and so supposedly repented of these sins, but I think he was putting his assurance and his trust based on his ability to forsake these sins and how well he had, how, yeah. how good of a job he was doing and being <laughs> a new Christian and living in this new life. And so every time that he was tempted or drawn back in that direction, then he would um, think that he wasn't saved or he'd deal with this almost like the wrath oh, wow. of the economy. And so it was a good opportunity because that's one big um, distinction I want to make is that before I was in Christ, I had that same kind of roller coaster ride all the time. Now that I'm in Christ, uh, when I'm convicted by the Holy Spirit and he wants me to change something in my life, it's not a conviction that makes me fear the wrath of God. It's like God has delivered me through, uh, through the blood of Jesus Christ from his wrath, you know, and, and I know that there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And God, God's like a loving father. I've been adopted as a child. And so he disciplines me as a, as a son, but this discipline is for my good so that I can become mature and bear fruit for right. his glory. But, but um, so it's, it's, it's a wonderful thing knowing that once we're in Christ and we've received this good news of Jesus through faith simply by believing, just like Ephesians 1.13 says, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation and believed in Jesus, you were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit who is the guarantee of our inheritance. So we hear this good news of Jesus and when we believe it, then, then we're saved. And, yes. that's, and I can always remember that. And so even when when I'm convicted of something or maybe uh, false spirits come in, they try to uh, bring condemnation into your heart and into your life, you can remember, no, like my salvation isn't based on my ability to do good or, 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 you know, whether I fall short in a certain area or not. My salvation is based on Jesus Christ and the work he's done for me on my behalf. He died for my sins and he was raised for my justification. Right. And so it's just a wonderful place to be, to be able to rest in Christ and, and not work for my salvation, but, but know that 
that he justifies the ungodly. He, if we trust in him, yes. he justifies the ungodly. Our faith is counted as righteousness. Absolutely. Amen. So, you know, we're down to about five minutes. So yeah. how, how about this for getting at what we need to get at these last okay. five minutes? First, I'd like for Nicole to talk a little bit about the before and after with Jesus. I think this is one of the most impactful things to people who are investigating whether to go this direction, right? Yes, absolutely. To have some ideas about what life was like, what life is like, and why why you should consider this new life. And then we certainly need Matt to tell us about his current ministry, right? Which certainly right, has something to do with piano. Right, because you walked away from a promising piano career, probably professional yeah. career through BYU, and God's moved that into a different direction. So yeah, so Nicole? Uh, yeah, so uh, before Christ in my life, it was I was a perfectionist and I had to do everything perfect. And I was in a religion that was works-based, so that just exponentially <laughs> caused that burden of perfection to be even greater. And so I think before Christ, it was just such a heavy weight to work for my own salvation and to be perfect and make sure I was doing everything that I should be doing to the best of my ability at all times. Um, and then post-Christ, um, there's just really a peace um, and just feeling like, you know, God's got this handled and he loves me and he cares about me and he has my best interest in, you know, in his will. And so, you know, even when hard times come, I, I really, I really just feel like at peace and, um, and trusting in him really is, is the biggest thing of like, I no longer have to worry about, I need to make it happen and I need to do it and I need to, you know, push forward and whatever it might be, but just following the path that God has set before me and just yeah. kind of resting in that. Now, did you leave BYU at the same time that Matt did? Yes. Okay. So you guys made the choice to leave together. So where, so where did you go quickly, Matt, to continue? Cause you're, I mean, you're in your senior year, you've only got one year left. What were you studying? Was it piano performance? I was was it piano performance? Yeah. So okay. I walked away from my uh, scholarship there and my degree pursuit and, um, we had gotten married uh, after we came to Jesus or around that, in that season, we got married. We ended up moving to Florida and being oh, cool. Adams Road. And so Adams Road's a, a group of former Mormon Christians. And so we just, our main focus is testifying to the gospel, the grace of God, this good news that Jesus is enough. And so we've been going around for about well over a decade and sharing testimony of Jesus. We're also music ministry. We always have that, we have that common denominator, that common ground of we were musicians before. And, and it's one of those things where when you come to know Jesus, you say, God, what do you want me to do? You know, you, you want to give everything to him and renounce everything and say, your will, your will be done. And it was just the season of when I first came to know Jesus, you know, what do you want me to do with like this past? Like, I'm giving it to you. If there's anything you want to redeem, so to speak, or use for your glory, let me know and open those doors. And one of the things that he's opened is, is the music side of it, using music. But it's such a different, uh, now it's, it's just about um, glorifying God and using it. To so how are you using it? What does your ministry look like then? Yeah, so and then so we have the full team Adams Road and then one of the things that I started about five years ago is a branch of that called Adams Road Piano. And so it's basically I guess I would define myself as like a traveling evangelist who's also a musician and I give concerts and share share the good news of Jesus and his word and the gospel through um, you know, supported with music. And it's just a, a way of of using the gifts that God's giving me to um, get the good news of Jesus Christ out there. So through music and the spoken word, for example, I do uh, presentations that go through the gospel, presentations that go through the gospel of John or through the teachings of Jesus on the Sermon on the Mount. And um, yeah, 
And for our audience, I just want to say, having listened to a lot of Matt's piano, um, in fact, we use some of the Adams Road instrumental stuff as backdrops for the podcast and some other things. It's phenomenal. Um, where can they go to find your music and hear about your ministry? Sure, if you go to adamsroadministry.com, uh, all of our music's uh, available for free download on the music section on the tab up above and you can just download it for free and enjoy it. All right. And so, Nicole, where has God led you? What is your, where are you now in your life? I graduate. I just, I went back to school and I graduated last year and I am currently teaching at a little charter school and I teach high school math. So that's where wow, I am. Oh, good for you. Yeah, I, um, I just, you know, as legally as possible, because there are restrictions in education, right. I try oh, yeah. to pour into the kids, you know, just love and, and you know, throw in some math in there too. So um, Cool. So, and you guys have been married how many years? How many children? Uh, on Wednesday, it'll be 14 years. Really? So, Congratulations. Years. So you. anniversary coming up. Okay. Yep. And mm -hmm. then um, we have one daughter. Fantastic. Well, Thank you guys so much for being on the podcast. Uh, time has gone by so fast, but it's been wonderful. Um, such an encouragement. Just want to encourage people, go listen to Adams Road Music. Go listen to Matt's Piano, adamsroadministry.com. Mm -hmm. Okay? And then all of our podcast episodes are at unveilinggracepodcast.com. And thanks for being with us. Uh, Lynn? Oh, Gotta well, be so proud of your kids. I, I certainly am Joy. so grateful to have so much family in Christ and yeah. um, to have my grandkids learning about the Lord. And it really is wonderful to me. So thank you kids for being here. And uh, I do love you. Tess is very special to me, your nine-year-old daughter. Grace and Mom, peace. I yes. I love you too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. And grace and peace to you until we meet again. So long. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Unveiling Grace podcast. Join us next time for another conversation devoted to helping your life and relationships flourish. As always, you can find show notes, program transcripts, and leave us your comments and questions at unveilinggracepodcast.com. For a limited time, we are offering the Wilder's book, Seven Reasons We Left Mormonism, for a donation of any amount. Go to unveilinggracepodcast.com and click on the free book button to request yours. We greatly appreciate your support for the Unveiling Grace podcast, where you can experience a grace that heals. Mm -hmm.